0: Eternal Dirtles is a podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and supporters like you. Come to our Patreon at patreon.com Eternal Dirtles and support us. Thanks.
1: Gacky Gack Gack, Stitcher Supplier is over 3. God! Gacky Gack Gack, Sacrifice it to Cabal Therapy. Gag, gag, gag! you know who's delving graveyards? None other. So convoke them creatures then, no man a spit. Sup, Delver? Gaskak on the stack, gonna trample shit up. 8-8, eight, eight, don't play, true name shit out of luck. Van Hammer, did I stammer? R&D done slipped up. We legacy in this necropolis is running amok. Black creatures, new features, straight up casting the Gun Convoking, shit spoken, as a matter of fact. Your Karaka stops his nonsense in this moment for show. But this gacking still going happen, your life totals no more. Opponents shrugging, they got nothing and conceding the game. It would serve y'all well to remember the name. Hope gack, he attacked, coming back for some more. This format shakeup isn't ready to get gack to the floor. What you doing? Stop the brewing and start cashing the gack. In the red zone, they all tremble, cause they gonna get smacked. Oh, by the way, I got Supplier and this hasty bug ass. Sign the slip, check the box, go enjoy some shake shack. Yeah.
0: Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host Zach Clark and with me as always Nathan Golia. Nate, how's it going, man?
2: Pretty good. Just uh, got to Las Vegas. I was in Atlanta this weekend, playing some legacy, and now I'm on a work trip. So. Fun. Back-to-back Nate couldn't uh, sorry,
0: Nate obviously can make it. Uh, Phil couldn't make it this week.
2: Unfortunately, Phil, who was gonna come on and was there as well this weekend, had a family thing come up very last minute today so he cannot uh, be on the show but he'll be on our next show and I think we might do a couple shows in about Atlanta in general just because there was a lot of, of cool stuff that happened so and I want to give Phil a chance to talk about his tournament which is a lot better than mine
0: yeah and we have some <laughs> so, we have some some pretty big uh some pretty big episodes coming up uh, I think you know we've got a couple uh, a couple of spicy ones coming up the pipeline
2: so I'm gonna just tell you about my 70 minutes of Grand Prix at Atlanta <laughs> Please I do. Um, I, I decided to play. Uh, I tested a lot of decks. I actually played quite a quite a few leagues, and I felt that rug was the best deck, um, for sure. Like, definitely better than any other deck that you could play.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and, but I didn't really enjoy playing it very much. If that sounds like I used to love rug when it had Stifle and Nimble Mongoose, and it's just not the same with Ren and Six. It just um, it just just it just feels very slow and uh, less aggressive now. So um, I just wasn't really enjoying the play experience with it, but I couldn't think of anything really better to do until like the day before I played like a Hogak league and I felt that was really fun. So I decided to play Hogak. Um, so I played a Hogak Bombardment list. I actually played more Bombardments than Altars of Dementia. I just thought Bombardment was a, like if you take a, a stock Hogak list uh, with the Altars and stuff. The only real changes I made were that I cut some of the altars and played more bombardments in the main deck, and I played an anger over the third carry on feeder, I believe. Okay. The reason for that being, I felt there were definitely a lot of turns where I was like making a Hogak and a zillion zombies and then passing and then dying because of like um, a a combo or something, right? Yeah. Uh, We got four in tombs. We had four in tombs. We had four in tombs. Four faithless looting, so I felt we could find and get anger in the graveyard. Uh, my first round of the tournament was against Rugdelver, and my first game was like the platonic ideal of a Hogak game, um, and I was feeling pretty good. In the next two games, so starting in game two on the draw, um, my opponent, game two on the draw, played a ponder uh, as their first play, and my hand had Cabal Therapy and Faithless Looting, plus a Swamp and a Fetchland that could not get a Basic Mountain. I did play Basic Mountain. And I felt that I really needed to play the basic swamp and Cabal Therapy naming Surgical Extraction um, rather than play Faithless Looting because playing Faithful Looting into my opponent's Surgical Extraction would be really bad, right? Yeah. My opponent's seen now, you know, their whole hand plus three more cards, right? So if they have it and they were looking for it, they have it. So I did that. My opponent did not have any anything relevant for my graveyard, um, and basically what happened in that game was that I got tempoed out, just, uh, took a couple of quick hits, couldn't sort of stabilize before, uh, bolts cleaned it up. Uh, and in game three, it was more the same. I actually had pretty much the exact same kind of hand with a, uh, Cabal Therapy off a of basic swamp and then had to fetch a Badlands to get Faithless Looting, uh, named Surgical Extraction out there, play, cast my Faithless Looting, um... I did clean up a board with Goblin Bombardment that was a Tarmogoyf and a Delver, but my opponent just drew a True Name Nemesis and won, which really frustrates me. <laughs> um, <laughs> as any listener or person who talked to me knows, it's just one of the most frustrating things that I think... I mean, I've got like a ton of zombies in play, and I just can't like block this thing before. I just. I knew he had two bolts, too, so really what I needed was like a Cabal Therapy. I entombed to put a Cabal Therapy into my graveyard, And they force a will be in two. It's just basically like, um, you know, that's how it went. Yep. So I was pretty frustrated with that. My opponent basically went in two games without interacting with my graveyard at all. Um and then in game or in round two, I sat down and played against Belcher and that lasted three turns. Wow. Um The whole thing lasted three turns? Yeah, like they 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 like were on the play and revealed land grant and won. Yep. And then in game two, I kept a hand with Cabal Therapy, uh, Wear Tear, and a creature to flashback the Cabal Therapy on the play. And I figured, well, I mean, I'm not going to mulligan to really anything better than this. I don't have any free interaction or anything for Belcher, right? Like, I could mull to one of my three thought seasons, which isn't, you know, again, like, I've already got a Cabal Therapy. And a Thoughtseize, like, might not win either way, you know? At least with Cabal Therapy, if he's got multiples or something, I can sort of clear them all out yeah. if I hit correctly. Well, I played Cabal Therapy, and I named it Burning Wish. Um, because I had the uh, Tear in hand, I wanted to take him off a spell-based win. Um, he revealed a hand of all mana and two Street uh, he drew And he left his hand up. He drew a card, put it face down. Cycled the Street Wraith, put the card face down. Cycled the Street Wraith, turned the card face down. Then flipped over the three cards. <laughs> and it was Land Grant. Oh. The, the three cards were Land Grant, uh, Lion's Eye Diamond, and Goblin Charbelcher. <laughs> and got, the rest of his hand was all Rituals. So it was course, basically yeah. a matter of getting to that second mana for Desperate Ritual. Yep. And then once he did that, it was basically Desperate Ritual, Desperate Ritual, Desperate Ritual, Lion's Eye Diamond, activate. So, yeah, that's rough. So I actually consider this a mercy killing um, because losing five minutes into round two after having a very frustrating game one early in the morning. I'd been up late the night before um, because uh, Tim, who stayed with me, got in pretty late, and then he wanted to go to Buffalo Wild Wings. And it was just a slow <laughs> night at Buffalo Wild Wings. So we were there. We didn't get to sleep till like, one. The tournament calls at day. I was like, you know what? Forget it. I was going to drop. I'm going to go take a nap. Come back for the three o'clock. Which is what I did. I mm-hmm. played Rug for the 3 o'clock promptly. My opponent, <laughs> in the, my first round opponent in the 3 o'clock, uh, keeps at hand and then reveals Chancellor of the Tangle. Whoa. Um, Please tell me what that card does. Uh, you can get a green mana at the beginning of your first main phase. Okay. When you reveal it. Uh, do you know what deck heck this was? I knew immediately. So he reveals a
0: card that gives him one free mana. One green mana. Yeah, free green mana at the beginning it, of his Is first it like break. some variant of elves? It was Neoform
2: combo. Oh, okay. So uh basically I said okay, I pondered and found a dace. <laughs> and uh he uh cast summoners Pact. I said okay. He pitched two cards to Alice for his Rider, I said okay. He cast Neoform targeting Allosaurus Rider, and I dazed it. And then I, and then he passed back to me, and then I passed back to him and won. Um, he actually did get me in the second game, though, because uh, I kept a hand with Daze and Pyroblast. Uh, my opponent went to discard and discarded Grizzlebrand, and I was like, oh, no, if he has, like, reanimate, like, like land, pedal, reanimate, I can't beat that. <laughs> so yeah. I kind of, like... Was looking for an answer. Instead, he had like land, pedal, 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 land, pedal, 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 um, eldritch evolution on Allosaurus Rider. Got Grizzlebrand, drew seven cards, made a second Allosaurus Rider. So um, that was enough to beat me. Um, so it went to discard. I don't know if it was just like, I think he waited a couple turns. I think might have taken a couple hits or something. But yeah, because I do remember having a Delver and play blocking Grizzlebrand and pyroblasting my own Delver. Yeah. Eldritch evolution, of course, not being a blue card. Uh, and also four mana, not being dazeable. so got in trouble there, yeah, um, and then I won the third game. and then the next two rounds were both delver mirrors that I both, that I lost in three games both times. They were just I was just sweaty and gross, and I hated myself and I hated my deck. I hated everything that was going <laughs> on. so I dropped I went and we got barbecue uh, went with Tim Phil, Brian Cook, uh, Sam Rucas. Uh, multiple friends of the show, Dylan Heaster. Yeah. Um, what a what a Dylan was team there. Team of people to go out with. Itai. Yeah. <laughs> really, really, uh, really good, like refreshing, um, refreshing, uh, just dinner. No, no one made day two in our group except for Itai, so we were all just kind of like, you know, shooting the breeze, having some fun, talking magic, talking other stuff. So it was fun. It was much more relaxed. And I decided, I talked to Phil and I said, hey, you brought those dreadnoughts and scrolls of fate. He said, I certainly did, and I said, great, that's what I'm playing tomorrow in the uh, 930 PTQ. Uh, Phil showed up at 928 with the Treadnoughts and the Scrolls of Fate, and we did play the 930 PTQ with Mono Blue stifle knot. I got um, a
0: little play-by-play on some of the hot takes that you had on this deck this morning with Phil, and I, I think the thing you need to explain to people here is Fathom's here.
2: Okay, so the Mono Blue Stifle Knot deck that we can uh, make sure we get the, the the show notes and also make sure that the list I play gets posted yeah. just for the compare and contrast. The original version was four Dreadnoughts with four uh, Stratus Dancers. This is a megamorph mega morph creature.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, when you turn it face up, you can counter an instant or sorcery.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it also played 12 Cantrips and four Vision Charms. So by 12 Cantrips, I mean uh, Ponder, Brainstorm, and in, yeah. Uh, Vision Charm is not the greatest card in general, though actually it was much better than I thought it was going to be. Um, and I also just didn't... I want What I really wanted to play was Fathom Seer. So Fathom Seer is from Time Spiral. It's been played in Legacy before. It's a morph creature that you can turn face up for the cost of returning two islands to your hand, and then you draw two cards. So it's just a gush.
0: And it, just um, because people are going to wonder what you're talking about with Vision Charm, what does Vision Charm do?
2: Oh, Vision Charm... Either mills them for four, changes lands to a single basic land type, or the important thing is that it phases out an artifact. So with a Dreadnought trigger on the stack, you can phase out the Dreadnought. Yeah, I see. Um, and then when it phases back in, it doesn't count as coming into play. Yeah. Um, I do have a great Vision Charms for it, we'll get to in a second. Okay. Um, so I just I just thought, I thought it was a little bit too much air. I cut. Um, so I, I, I cut a Stratus Dancer. Uh, and I cut three Preordains, and I cut two Vision Charms, and my replacements were uh, a couple of Force of Negation, three Fathom Seers. Uh, I figured Fathom Seer would pick up the slack from uh, not having Preordain. And so let's see, we took out one, two, three, four, five, six cards. I might have added, oh, I added a land because I miscounted how many lands were in the deck. Feels <laughs> like, oh, you got 20 lands. I'm like, well, yeah, then you played 20 lands, and we looked it up, and it was 19. So that was an accident, um, but... He's like, well, you got Fathom Seer, so you need more islands, which was which was exactly what I meant. I was a genius from the start. Um, my first round, I made a couple players, for example, forgetting that uh, you can't cast Force of Negation for free on your turn.
1: Oh, that's uh, the worst. Lost
2: a pretty, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have really done that before. And I, yeah, and I really um, you know it's good. it takes some getting used to, and it's just it's just part of, you know, part of learning that card. You you um, I'm, I'm guessing lost. you played
0: a threat and then and then thought to back it up and your opponent was. like, Oh, I I kill thought it.
2: I was a genius. I'm like, haha, you've got I know it, you know, I'm gonna you're gonna force my stifle and I'm gonna force back as it's your turn. <laughs> oh man. Whoops. Yeah, I've been there. Um, so I lost uh I lost first round to what was Blue Red Delver with uh Dreadhorde Archanist. Um in fact actually I won the first game because I thought it was the Delver Mirror. Oh or, I'm sorry, I thought it was the Dreadnought Mirror. Because I played an island, he played an island, I played an island, he played an island, I played a wasteland, he played a wasteland. And then I actually did combo. I must have comboed out in the first game, and uh, and then they scooped up, and then I think their first play was like a basic mountain in the next game. I, I'm sorry, um, you so thought, like,
0: you you had to be the only person in the world who thought they were playing a dread, a, a Dreadhorde mirror, or Dreadhorde, a, dread, a Dreadnought dread mirror. not
2: mirror, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, I didn't really think that, but I was like, I don't know what this is. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think it was blue red delver. I thought it was something else, but yeah. um, it was blue red delver. A okay. bunch of basics. Um, so I did lose the next two games, and then I won against um, the Jeskai mentor deck. Uh, that was that was a pretty satisfying win. Um, just you know, playing around sorts of plowshares, playing around you know various counter spells. They're not as fast as a Delver deck, so you have a lot more time to, you know, sort of really sculpt your hand. Yeah. And you can really get some value out of the Scroll of Fate, just, you know, manifesting stuff, interacting that way, drawing cards. The third round, I lost a blue-red Delver again. That was kind of a bummer um, to play that matchup again. Then in the fourth round, I played against David Razka, um, who is a uh, somewhat notable legacy player, I want to say, of... Recently, I think he um, he played a four color Phoenix deck with land grant to a pretty nice finish a while ago. He, we started talking in the Phoenix various Phoenix groups. Okay. I introduced myself. Turns out he's from Rochester, as am I, um, and uh, he did the same thing. He Played his Phoenix deck in a 1K at Millennium Games in Rochester and got top eight. Uh, he did top 32, I believe, at the last at the Star City in Syracuse the other day. So mm-hmm. um, he was playing four color control this time, and um, I did win. Um, the real star of the show in that game, or in that round? Oh no, it wasn't that round. No, it wasn't that round. Um, this might have been. Oh, this was definitely the, the uh, Vision Charm story. So I phased out my my tapped Scroll of Fate in response to a removal spell. Ah, oh, nice. And I just had to call the judge to see if uh, Scroll of Fate phased in untapped. I couldn't remember. Like I didn't Believe, know if they had like Yes, she- right. It is yes because they they still phase in before the untap, untap step, step, but yeah. you know I haven't phased anything. Yeah, phasing is its own thing since <laughs> since Mirage was in Standard, so I don't yeah. know. Um, so we that was that was my my great my story there. Uh, then round five was against the Epic Storm. Um, my opponent won pretty fast. I want to say game <laughs> one uh and then i won game two on the play again just like having so much interaction like with that kind of deck yeah or maybe i won game one and lost game two i can't remember um but game three my opponent had a really interesting uh had a really interesting play that i, that I thought was was uh was really cool so they um i my first turn was land uh engineered explosives on zero and I figured that would just kind of like, and I had, you know, a couple pieces of counter magic as well. Mm -hmm. I figured that would just stop me from losing on turn one. Um, My opponent uh, was kind of just drawing cards. They didn't have a, never had a second land. They had, they had to play their artifacts, LED, LED, Mox Opal into my Engineered Explosives. Um, I. There was a point, they did that, and then they cast Dark Ritual. I had a Vendillion Click in my hand. And I think I forced a couple, something else along the way, maybe. Um, but I, I had my, my relevant interaction at the time was like a Vendillion Click in a Brainstorm. Nah. Uh, I cast the Vendillion Click, and they revealed, this was Dark Ritual in the stack, uh, Defense Grid, Rite of Flame, and two more zero-cost artifacts. And I looked, I had exactly three lands, right? Um, and Defense Grid, of course, increases the cost of everything by three. So if I want to cast... A, oh, I had a Hydro Blast in my hand. Ah. I did have a Hydro Blast. Um, but they cast Dark Ritual, and I was like, well, you know, they didn't start with Rite, they lead with Rite of Flame, and I can't really hold this for a Burning Wish, so, so let's see what's happening. Um, and I cast the Bendillion Click. And I was tempted to take the Defense Grid, but I was also kind of like, if I take the Defense Grid, Dark Ritual resolves, and if they draw any tutor, I'm actually Oh, down. yeah, it's pretty bad as opposed to just, like, not able to interact that well. So I let the ritual resolve. I played a defense grid and passed, uh, and I drew a fourth land so I could hydroblast if I needed to, uh, but it never came up. The uh, Vendillion Click uh, took the game down, which was another nice throwback to, like, old-time Legacy, getting yeah. to play a Vendillion Click. In round six, I played against Four Color Control again. I lost the first game. Uh, won the second game with my sideboard Sahili Sublime Artificer. Um, my opponent clearly was not expecting that. <laughs> um, I believe I had Sahili Sublime Artificer into like float, into like manifest a Fathom Seer, float, gush, brainstorm, ponder, <laughs> like just like a crazy hand, you know. Um, so that was really that was really cool. I was happy that worked out. Um, And then uh, in game three, I I resolved Sahili again, but immediately was abrupt decayed, and my opponent won right as they were calling time. Oh man! Um, And Skip managed to just uh, beat me there, so I went three and three. But it was honestly, it was the most fun I had playing Legacy all weekend. I mean, you're you're morphing, you're manifesting stuff, you're unmorphing things, you're phasing, playing stifle, playing days. It was a lot of fun. I really do think the deck is is good. I mean, it's functional for sure. You know? Um and I don't know if it needs a light splash to shore up some things like something like a braid, you know, like a red splash or something like a braid just to like kill those turn one delvers that really make your life miserable. Yeah. Um but uh but yeah, I mean it was it was super fun and I and I really liked the deck. So unfortunately I don't own dreadnoughts, so uh <laughs> You're always
0: welcome on. to borrow the one I own. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: So that was my uh, Grand Prix Atlanta experience. Um, let's talk about the tournament a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I wish there was coverage so yeah. you could have seen it. <laughs>
0: what is the uh, what is that the allocation uh, report? A coverage budget allocation report.
2: There was no coverage of Grand Prix Atlanta. Yeah. That wow. really that really does take a lot of the um, of fun out of it, you know. Like, yeah, I mean it's it's a real bummer because
0: I could I I really couldn't make it um and I I you know I wanted to keep up but like the only way I could do that was through text messages with you guys which is insane, you know yeah I shouldn't have to bother people playing magic to get to get the news right like that's crazy well, plus you don't
2: know like if what's going on at the you know at other than where we were I mean yeah, I exactly. was in one thousand and twentieth place I didn't know what was going on at the top at <laughs> the top tables just <laughs> pure misery yeah Phil had. A really nice run. I want to let him talk about. It. He played his Urza deck, and I think he was, I think he was four zero, um, or something, mm-hmm. uh, before he kind of hit a, a skid. Uh, Tim played the Jeskai Mentor deck. In fact, he showed up and was like, "Well, should I play Delver or something?" I said, well, "You should definitely play this deck." He's like, "Well, I gotta find foil magnetic sinkholes." I said, "Actually, you have to defoil the rest of your deck," but uh, he didn't which, listen to me, which would have been probably <laughs> cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> But um, and he was he was on a great run too before uh, I think both Phil and Tim had draws in the last round and no one wanted to concede to the other person, so that was just basically what happened.
0: I mean, I back Phil, I, you know. I back Phil, I back uh, Tim on that. Like, if he was ahead on board and he said that the other guy was like asking to, uh, asking him to scoop, I would have been like, I will die on this hill. Yeah, that's crazy. Right. He's like, I was out That's on board, and my what, opponent asked me, asked me to scoop. He had a Jitte in play, and I had I had a board presence. All he had was a Jitte.
2: Yeah, he had a Jace. Uh, yeah. Tim had a Jace in play. His opponent had no cards in a Jitte is what he said. Phil, I don't remember if he if we knew his board presence at the Abbey, had a very similar situation where he was out on board. The other person wouldn't concede. He was like, well, I'm not conceding. So I guess we're just not. We're Neither of us is making big deal which is uh, a good problem to have if you're looking at it from my perspective. I talked to someone uh, who I knew uh, from uh, Eternal Weekend last year. How you He He's like, oh, man, the wheels really fell off at the end. I only went 7-1-1. One, one. Oh, God. <laughs> like, all right, I'm not going to tell you how I did then. Yeah. Um, but it's too bad there wasn't coverage. I just think that that improves the experience overall. Um, there's just more activity. There's more sort of people talking about the tournament um around because you're you're know, catching it on your phone or there's a tv um somewhere yeah, you can watch it you know so.
0: people like me can chime in on twitter
2: i you mean know? i used to like I, mean, I like going back to my hotel if i scrub out of something like this and checking in and seeing what's happening in the tournament at least
0: exactly
2: yeah um so that was too bad i think that i mean we we saw a lot of friends of the podcast Corey kozlowski and matt hackbert got some signed cards we owed them for showing for uh wearing our shirts on camera so uh if you uh Again, if you ever wear our shirt on camera, we will get you a signed card eventually. <laughs> in Corey's case, uh, you know, unfortunately, he, uh, well, unfortunately for me, his uh, his tournament was the weekend my wife got hurt, so I didn't have a chance to really get it out to him oh, until now. Um, but you know, uh, talked to uh, a number of friends of the cast and you know, just friends in general. Uh, okay. Had a great time playing Hyper and we'll talk about that after we're done with Legacy. But if there's anything that jumps out at you about this tournament? I from i looking at just the data that came out today, I will save their credit. Channel Fireball is giving us a lot of information.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously the first thing that pops out at me is the prevalence of Rugged Delver as, like, the deck to play.
2: Yes, they released a day one meta. Rugged Delver at 12% was the most played deck, so that's 120 players. This is actually nice because um, it it's, was, like, a thousand and change. Nice. So you could basically just kind of do that math real fast. Uh, it's, like, 120 mm-hmm. players. Then Stoneforge, then blue-white mentor was a second. So I, I would. And then four color control, third. So you've got nineteen percent run and six decks mm-hmm. versus eighteen percent blue-white decks right at the top.
0: Yeah, you're either play, you're either playing run and six or you're playing swords of Plashers.
2: That's what it looks like, right? The next for The next three decks, that day one meta, are all 5% reanimator sneak and show depths, which for some reason they're 5% for sneak and show. That must be a rounding thing. Never mind. Or, yeah. Uh, I like no the idea. line for sneak and show is slightly longer. Yeah. And then you get blue red delver, uh, ant, mono red prison, four color loam. So, I mean, I got, I'm going to be honest. I don't really think this is very interesting as a meta game. <laughs> Um, I mean I appreciate that that
0: it's not like if you look twelve percent is is much better than like thirty, you know, which yeah. is what we were seeing when when Death Shaman was around. It was like thirty percent
2: just well thirty percent of top eights, we don't know what it was the percentage of the meta. True. This is um, the day one this is all this is all of the hundred. I don't know, I 3, think this is records. this is a
0: pretty good representation of, of a healthy meta to me.
2: You know where's if... the first I mean there's no death in taxes, it's not even listed, which is bizarre um that's that you know, there's no' Maverick other... anywhere
0: people are afraid to play with x ones man,
2: yeah, I know well that's that's what I'm saying
0: thats, elves, and that's elves
2: at one percent that's uh what's 1% one percent of 10? yeah, <laughs> Yeah, because one percent of one hundred is one, yeah and a hundred times ten is a thousand, yeah uh 2% in fact, you know, I just I don't know. I just kind of don't really see much of a difference in playing against these top 4 decks, you know, like Rug Delver Stoneforge blue white winter mentor four color control just is like just like bomb fest, you know, who's going to draw the most bombs first? And I don't I don't know. I don't, I don't really find that very interesting. And then even after that, the next three decks are all bomb decks. We yeah, mean sneak and show depths.
0: I I don't really consider Rug Delver a bomb deck.
2: It is now, though. Like, Red and Six is a bomb, and True Name is a bomb. That's six bombs. Fair. Yeah. That's a, Those are bombs. That's a bomb deck. Like, what's Stoneforge? Stoneforge isn't even as much of a bomb as True Name or Jace or whatever. Blue White Mentor, their, their bombs are the Planeswalkers and Mentor, you know? Yeah. The Planeswalker's just so disruptive. I, I splashed Teferi. One of my test decks was splashing Teferi, the three-man Teferi, into Dead Guy Ale, and it was actually insane. <laughs> like, just casting him on their own keep, or on their draw step.
0: Oh God, that's gross. Yeah,
2: yeah, just you know, it was the only blue card in the deck. Um, blue black shadow at two percent. I thought would be a little bit higher. I thought that would be more of a, but I guess it's well, in there with burn. Yeah, here's the thing about about
0: shadow. Like right now, is like decks that are good against shadow are uh, decks that can. Uh, like gain their own life play swords to plowshares or burn you out right if you got yeah, Delver, the then you've got yeah. Stone, you know like yeah that's all, true all those four color decks like that you know they have access to bolt or or uh uh what's called fire uh punishing fire so like you can you know you can get to a point where you're like okay cool now we're going in you know yeah so I, I i totally understand why uh why shadow's been been down for a while i was actually talking to dave kaplan about that uh at the last uh, monthly event, and uh, he was like, I I, I really want to play Shadow, but I don't feel great about it. Um, and everyone's just playing Swords to Plowshares right now. Like, I'm playing Swords to Plowshares.
2: That that yeah. should tell you something, right? 18% Swords to Plowshares deck's right at the top, mm-hmm. right? So I guess that, that, that might explain it, because it was, you, you, I mean, you, it was between, doing pretty well. Between
0: Shadow, Hogak, Depths, like, Swords to Plowshares is, is the, the go-to answer right now for, for most of the format.
2: Yep. Yeah. Rug gets to play uh, true name and six at hex drinker to get around that a little bit. So one of the reasons it's got such great staying power. I mean, you have to play.
0: Uh, I'm sure some of these rug decks are probably playing vapor snag because vapor snag seems like the best thing to play against uh, depths now. And depths being such a large, a much larger part of the meta than it had been in the past, you kind of have to play some way to get rid of uh, a, a, a 2020.
2: I see depths here is five percent. I'm gonna assume that incorporates all the Hogak depths decks. Mm-hmm. I see Hogak Dredge at one percent. Oh, there's Maverick at one percent. So ten people show up with Maverick. Uh, Hogak Dredge at one percent and and lands. Hog- you can
0: consider lands a, a depth deck probably too.
2: There's the Hogak. There's me in the one percent there. One of one of ten people who showed up with the Hogak. <laughs> <deck>. One <laughs> of just Hogak, assuming, not Hogak anything. My deck. Yeah, I'm assuming that they're counting the um, the uh, Hedron Crab deck that aided did yeah. in this one percent too. That is that is actually the go-to hog deck list, and people were telling me that as I was walking in, saying like, "I'm like, guys, I don't have the card Hedron Crab, <laughs> like I can't change my deck. The, the tournament's in 10 minutes. Yeah, I gotta find. <laughs> it I don't Hedron have the card game. Hedron Crab, but I look right around. It's all crazy so. that
0: uh, like I get I get why Hedron Crab is is important in that deck now because like play a land, sure, do it to yourself. Crack, do it to yourself. Cool. Now, now Hogak is basically online, but like Crab doesn't tap to produce Hogak.
2: That's why I don't. That's why I didn't like it. Yeah. But you know, it top eighted twice in a row with the same with the same yep. pilot, I and can't, you can say I, well that yeah, the guy knows that. his deck. But then uh, the Sunday PTQ Cat uh, Light made top four with it. Yeah. Uh, she, she and and Bryant Cook played a very long quarterfinals matchup while the top eight. Of the of the uh, GP was happening, they missed like the whole top eight playing their quarterfinals matchup at the Sunday PTQ. So, um, but yeah, I think one thing I think was interesting. And I wrote this on Twitter, and maybe we'll talk about it again when Phil's back because I, I don't. But like there was once the the whole room was so saturated with these sort of fair blue decks and I could not imagine anyone but Cyrus winning the event at that point. Because the way Cyrus plays Ant just destroys those kinds of decks.
0: Yeah. Well, and he I mean...
2: said, well, he said that, like, on day one, he's like, I, I, beat, a, I beat the Moon Stompy player, and that was, like, the thing I was scared of the most of. Like, there was just no, there's just not a lot of chalice here. you got 7% between, let's see, Mono Red Prison, Four Club Alone, Bomberman, so that's, a, that's 9%. Eldrazi Agro, 1%. So that's 10% Chalice, which is pretty—I I would say there's there's been 20% Chalice metagames, which would have been much scarier for him. Yeah. But And I know it's kind of crazy to say that, but I was just like, there was—I just knew, because I, 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 was, I was testing a zillion decks. I just downloaded what he said to do. I just read what he said to do on Google Docs, and I just trashed every blue deck, and I lost every deck playing Chalice. Yeah. So— <laughs> Um one of the reasons why that... I'm
0: really bummed that there wasn't uh coverage is because of a play that uh Phil told me about that uh that Cyrus made which was uh against his against his burn player in the uh in the semis.
2: Yes, the burn player was the only player who beat him in the Swiss by the yeah.
0: way. Yeah. So apparently in the in the um semis uh he looked at, he said Cyrus looked at his hand and played land pedal uh lion's eye diamond uh chain of vapor on the pedal sack bounce the lion's eye diamond play the pedal play the lion's eye diamond rit rit ad nauseum and just went off
2: that's how you got to do it it's crazy <laughs> that is such a wild line but so cool and, I, and i'm telling you guys like you could get to 60 percent win rate in in just by the stuff he tells you what to do yeah and, like, I would never have thought of that in a zillion years. No, of course. no. Are you kidding me? The only thing no, I know how to do in Storm is, is. The only I thing I know how to hand. do in Storm is.
0: I mean, like, yeah. why well, do I have a sideboard card in my opener? No cantrips. I guess I'm going to pitch this.
2: Um, I, uh, definitely, like, only can figure out how to play Storm if I can figure out can I cast Past and Flames this turn. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, how I play Storm. So, I don't, I don't know. Like, um, yeah. but it was great for him. I was, I was so happy for him. Everyone, I was a. A lot of people were very happy for him. Um, yeah. But we dude, should talk about what So bad. awesome. Yeah. Um, especially after what happened at the Turtle Weekend last year. He just had that heartbreaking loss. Um, I don't know if anyone really remembers this, but I remember watching it very specifically that he, he got blind counterbalance flipped twice. Oh, yeah. And he had the, like, worst ad nauseum I've ever seen. Like, he might have hit all of his fours or something and just could not keep going for a mana source. Like it was the finals matchup was just like a like a crazy um, confluence of circumstances, uh, random uh, like a random circumstances for him. So for him to uh, really get comfortable in this tournament was was nice. I was glad to see that. Um, there were there was other uh, his finals opponent Austin uh, Blackner is part of the Legacy Pit, which uh, is um, a group out of I think Northern Virginia area that they do some Legacy videos, and they were all really happy see their teammate make the finals obviously they took a train from northern virginia to atlanta and played legacy for 15 hours on the train yeah jeez and uh said they would not do it again (laughs) that's crazy i thought it sounded awesome but, uh, but, yeah, they were like, oh, yeah, the first four hours, it's awesome. And then you realize there's 11 more hours. Oh, God. This was Travis, who, uh, who uh, is sort of the organizer for the Legacy PIP. He's a really nice guy and uh, a friend to the podcast. So uh, it was great to see them. It was, it was really – I was really happy to see that, you know, um, someone they knew made it to the finals. They were, they were really happy for him and for Cyrus as well. Uh, there's also a player from Arizona who I know, uh, you know, our friend Matt Hackbert was uh, paying close attention to. There and I believe we did have a Texas player at the top eight. I have to double check. So it was a really nice uh really nice representation for the uh, various legacy groups that we know and love. Yeah. Uh yes, Colin Roundtree is from is from Texas. Actually he might even be from Austin. So good for him. Um anything you wanna say talk about in terms of regards to legacy? I mean
0: uh I think i uh, yeah, I was gonna talk about the, the like four color situation and, and whether or not we go white or black and like what you know what's the bonus of getting plague engineer over sorts of plowshares, but I think you kind of nailed it with uh uh Trinity nemesis, so I think we could probably move on to <laughs> hyper extended
2: yes um there was like uh there was the one four color with white the red uh red with white deck um but yeah, I mean, I feel like if you're gonna play, if you're gonna try and take on Trinity Nemesis, you should play the, the uh, Mentor deck just because the Astrolabe in that deck makes it a lot easier to cast uh, Council's Judgment. Yes. Hyper excited was so much fun, Zach. I mean, I had so, I had such, I had so much fun playing that format, and I always had fun playing middle school formats. I played Dredge. I didn't call it Dredge. We don't, we didn't have names or anything. But, like, what I was basically doing was tapping the card Wood Sage, which is from Visions. It's a green and a blue for a 1-1, one, one. <laughs> and you know. it says tap, name a creature card, reveal the top four cards of your library. Any of those creature cards, you put them in your hand, the rest go in your graveyard. Well, I realized that you could tap this and name Psychotog and then drop a bunch of Icarids and uh, other black creatures in your graveyard. So my deck had four Carrion Feeders, four Mesmeric Fiends, four Icarids, um, four Psychotogs, uh, three Wood Sages, that was all I could find, <laughs> um, a couple Wonders, another card you could dump right into the graveyard, Oof. Uh, and then a couple Ashen Ghouls, you know what Ashen Ghoul mm. does? Of course I know this what Ashen Ghoul is,
0: does. It's a uh, it's from, 3-1 haste from Ice Age that you can pay... It's the original Icarid. Yeah, you can pay one mana. If there are three or more black cards, black
2: creatures... Three or more creature cards above it. Above it, it, uh, it comes into play. During your upkeep only. Yeah. So you have a lot of fun situations with this deck where you have an Ashen Ghoul under an Icarid, right? hmm You put the Icarid trigger on the stack, and you tap Wood Sage, and you name Mountain Goat. Because you don't want to, if you have a Sega Tog, you want to put it in your graveyard. Yeah, there, yeah, of course. Um, then, it's assuming that works, and you get two more creature cards. If they're both black, you with the Icarid trigger on the stack, you pay a black mana still on the stack, you pay a black mana, you return the Ashen Ghoul, because it's at instant speed, but only during your upkeep. Then you can exile, then you resolve the Icarid trigger and exile one of the new black creature cards you put in your graveyard. On the Wood Sage activation. Yep. This is why every time I untap the Wood Sage, I won. We because should, the card is we the should pause
0: here for an uh, old-school update sponsored by Epic Storm.
2: <laughs> yeah, so by uh, Epic
0: So back in the day, um, Ashen Ghoul was played, uh, was played exclusively in the Buried Alive deck, which was the deck that was able to beat Five Color Control. Um, and uh, the idea of that deck was you would cast Buried Alive sometimes twice on turn one if you happen to have uh, three Dark Rituals. Um and you would put well, you only the Nether it, Spirits. It. Well no, you, you well you wanted to cast it twice because you wanted to get uh all of your Ashen Ghouls and two Nether Spirits into your yard. And then you would just play bad uh, bad moons to like make them bigger and you would just keep cycling creatures against against the whole meta was controlled control blue at that time. Yeah. Go back yeah. to what you were saying. Sorry. That is our uh, epic, uh, sorry, our uh, old school our absurd, update. Yeah, uh, brought to
2: you You know, Phil didn't know that we didn't actually get a sponsorship. Brian and I were joking <laughs> around about it. And he's like, I thought you guys had talked. I was like, no, Zach and I talked. You cheap bastard. <laughs> Brian, go, give us our money. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Uh, so, I think that was bo- mostly all the stuff in the deck uh, of note, creature wise. Four careful studies, four, uh, three Cabal therapies, two Duress, one mental note, one buried alive. That was all I had room for. And then a mana base that would make your mother cry. Three Gemstone Mine, six paid Lands. Uh, that pretty was blue, black, and green. Uh, four Polluted Delta, three Island, two Swamp. Now, you have to play the Deltas and Islands so that you can activate your Wonder. Which is really hard to do in a three color wedge deck in this format. (laughs) Oh, it's so bad. The worst mana base. Round one against uh, Brendan Hagen, a well known Elves player uh, in Legacy, but also a member of the Team Tusk crew. He was playing Veteran Explorer Lifeline. Oh, so Lifeline. (laughs) <laughs> Lifeline reads: If a creature would go to the, if a, if you, a creature goes to your graveyard and a creature is in play, that means a creature in play on either side. You can return the creature from your graveyard to the battlefield at the end of the turn.
0: I believe it reads: If a creature would go to the graveyard, that player can choose to return it. It works for everybody.
2: Does not work for everybody. No. No. It oh doesn't. man, it certainly does not. So it did not help me at all with my crits dying. Uh, let's see. I'm going to look it up just to be sure. It is a 5 man artifact, though. Mm-hmm. So he played Veteran Explorer to get it online. Oh, it is for both sides. Yeah, yeah, because I've played that
0: in, uh, in, uh, what's it called? Uh, it's it's one of those rare artifacts in, uh, uh, EDH that people will let you play even though it's helping you because it also
2: helps them. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Hold on. Oh, it's a misprint on the card. Because it says from oh, yeah, your yeah, graveyard yeah. From to your play graveyard. on yeah, the yeah. card. So I assumed it was if your cre- if a creature had changed.
0: You have to read uh, it as though, you were, as though you were the person letting the creature hit the yard.
2: <laughs> oh, well, I guess I punted a little wacky. bit. But I don't know that I could beat his lock, which was uh, what he got. He did get the lifeline out against me and then got a um, spike feeder, which just gained him four Oh, God, turn. yeah, there you go. That's yeah, tough to deal <laughs> with. Yeah, tough to deal with when you're doing three a turn, so I don't think I was going to win. But it was great. I think I was his only win on the day. Uh, then I beat a um, uh, gentleman named George from Florida. He was playing Goblins, and I had a turn to chill Ooh. in the sideboard game after a nice lucky win in the first game. The goblins uh, is tough,
0: I, man. It is a very good Goblins is really deck. tough. It's, it's, the hardest,
2: it's the hardest matchup for me to... Any red deck was bad. That's why I played two chills. Um... I lost in the next round. I don't exactly remember what. Um, and then I won. Ooh, maybe I drank too much beer at this, uh, this event. <laughs> I won. And then I then I had to play the Nathan G. Mirror. There was another gentleman whose name was Nathan. His oh, last initial was with a G. <laughs> oh, I remember I won against uh, John Survival. That was the third round. Or third or – that was the uh, fourth round. I don't remember what I lost to in the third round. But I remember, I beat John Survival in the fourth round. And then in the fifth round, I put the Nathan G. Mirror, which I lost. He was playing Reanimator. And uh, he got a Ray of Dawnbringer out. And I was racing the Ray of Dawnbringer with a uh, Psychotog and an Icarid. But then he drew an Entomb, Entomb, oh, a Chroma. Yeah,
0: that'll do it. Because
2: Ray of Dawnbringer allows you at your upkeep to return a creature to play. Um, it's quite, so you, it's
0: like, quite good if there's something in your yard.
2: Yeah, and he drew it a two. That was uh, that was how he won.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, and then the sixth round, the last round, I also lost. But I don't remember to what. Anyway, I finished two and four. I do think I I won every game I to the wood sage though. Um, <laughs> you didn't kill the wood sage. I killed you. It's I basically mean, yeah.
0: Uh, wood sage doesn't pass the uh, the false cure test. I I think you're Neither like no, absolutely not. I don't know what that's go- gonna do, but it seems terrible.
2: Yeah, no, neither just scroll a fake. By the way, so I got that forced a couple times. Other people oh, yeah. looked at it,
0: <laughs> They looked at it and they were like, "No, nah, I don't want you doing that." Yeah, well, I don't
2: know what this is, but no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but boy, it was so much fun. It was hand paired. That was that was a hoot to watch. Oh, did you just like it up. It. Uh, yeah, we all had little. He gave big little cards with all of our records on them and then he'd group them by record, right record at the end of yeah. each round and then shuffle them up and then deal out the pairings. It Just was amazing. like you
0: used to have to do before the uh, tournament organizer
2: uh, app. Yeah, I guess. That's awesome, right? Yeah. Um, was that a brewer- I should say it was at a brewery in Atlanta. I'm on this low-carb diet that Amy's trying to get me to stick to, so I didn't eat anything all day so I could drink a beer um, <laughs> or two, but I picked an 8% beer. Oh, um, God. I haven't had, haven't had a beer or bread in a month. So like my first round against Britain. That explains why I didn't, I didn't know how lifeline worked. <laughs> Did not know how lifeline worked because of that. Um The tournament was decided by Magic Trivia. So oh, So yeah? after it was supposed to be seven rounds, but after a few drinks we decided to cut it to six. Alright, so you're gonna <laughs> the, have to you're gonna have to see if I would have won this tournament. So the, the question for the four players that were at five and one for determine the winner was name as many hyper extended legal cards that if your deck was sixty of just that card could kill a goldfish. So you have to name name the name as many cards as you can. And they had like I think they had like two minutes. The question was asked by Saul Malka, who is notable for inventing the original rock decks mm-hmm. back uh Frexium Plague Lord, um, deranged hermit style and in, in the years of block that was a real, that was real awesome That he was there yes <laughs> and then he yeah he had the added spirit monger later on it was always plays it still plays it this day in modern um so he's a real historian of the game he asked the question and then we all huddled up to figure out what were the right answers for <laughs> i feel like um so shock right uh well no dehydrate there's no mountains. no no mountains you don't, oh. you don't get any mana oh oh jesus Literally just that card. By itself. I don't okay. Sixty copies of one card. Jesus. See if you can get one. Sixty took copies. Took me a second too.
0: Sixty copies of one card would kill a goldfish.
2: I don't um, want us to be doing this for too long. Yeah, the go answers for it. I are don't all, know. The all the man
0: lands. All the man lands, okay. Yep. So fairy um, conclave.
2: Fairy conclave spawning pool. Yep. Right? Spawning
0: pool. Uh get to encampment. Uh, treetop village one. and whatever the white
2: one's called. Forbidden or forgotten tower, whatever those two. Forgotten it is too? tower, or, yeah. Uh Basking Root Walla. Ah, uh, yeah. Discard. Yep. yep. Barbarian Ring. Yep. Move to discard seven times. <laughs> <laughs> then you can then you do you can't kill yourself, by the way, is the, is the deal, by the way. So you can't like so you can move this card seven times. Ooh, and then... What's
0: the uh, the card that's? Oh, it's a sack of land, so you can't use that one. Damn.
2: Which one? Uh, the,
0: the, the it was printed in. Uh, never mind. It it doesn't exist. It's uh it's from it's from the uh, last master set or whatever the hell that was called. Oh.
2: Uh, modern um, Modern Horizons. There is no zero mana cost creature with power, so that didn't work. I think that was all of them. I think Icarid might have also worked. I think they someone did the math on it. and You wouldn't deck before you would discard enough times or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, how fun, right? It's wild. It was, it was totally cool. Uh, there oh. was a, uh,
0: probably no. Uh, I bet uh, what's it called uh, Nether Shadow didn't it, it didn't count. It's right? not
2: legal in Hyper yeah, like, because it is it not hasn't available. Yeah,
0: it's got a white border.
2: <laughs> yeah, white border. So, uh, so yeah, um, wow, that's uh, there a cool, was...
0: that's a cool, uh, uh, trivia piece right there.
2: Yeah. Um, the, uh, I did see what, so all the ties in, uh, hyper are broken by magic trivia. There are no draws. <laughs> um, so, uh, the, the only other one I saw was name as many elder dragons as you can.
0: Oh, get out of here. It's too easy. <laughs> well, it was, it, was it like name them, name them as fast as you can at me?
2: Well, you had like a minute to write as many down.
0: Oh come on, that's t-
2: too easy. How many elder dragons do you think there are?
0: Uh, there are
2: at least ten. There are twenty-two. Whoa! Oh wait, nope. Twenty. These are elder dinosaurs. Hold on, I'm getting elder dinosaurs too. I just did type elder like a jerk. Elder dragon. There are fifteen elder dragons.
0: Fifteen. So you've got uh. Deragaz. You've got Dro Drugmar, Dromar. Uh you've got, you Bolas, got the, what was that one? Dr uh, You mean uh Jamoka? Dromoka. sure. Uh then then there's uh Nickel Bolas, Chromium, uh
2: Arcadia Sabbath, Pouting Amores. The other one. I think you had to name individual cards. Yeah. Uh the upshot was I think the I think the score was like like 12 to 2 in favor of Shadow. Oh O'Brien my God, yeah. In that wow. ridiculous...
1: <laughs> yeah, 12 is <laughs> 12 is
2: more than I could have named in in 5 minutes. Yeah. Um I thought it was going to be all uh flavor text. I was reading flavor text. Oh, like God. Crazy to try. You like, like there's so many random flavor text, text Chub toad, chub toad at the door. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um you know, and all the, the only ones you know are only the ones that are, that are good. The only one I can think of offhand that no one knows, or that people might not know, is Wasteland. But that's one of my favorite flavor texts. What is that? You want know the flavor text on Wasteland I, is?
0: I'm sure I've read it a thousand times, and now I just have no idea.
2: The land promises nothing and keeps its promise. Oh, that's good.
0: I like, uh, my all-time favorite uh, flavor text is uh, Sky Shroud uh, Elite, I believe.
2: Let's look that up, or unless you know if it
0: memorized. Uh, it is civilization is a conspiracy to, to disguise
2: the mutilation of nature. That's a good one. I just found that. That's a, that's a really good one, actually. I would not have gotten that. Yeah, that's 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 my favorite. That's that's like,
0: that's that's Zach Clark at seventeen being like, down with capitalism. Yeah. Also, right. I work in this comic shop. Please buy my magic cards.
2: Also, this Kurt ape is weird. Um humility is a good one. This was one that uh Sean was talking about, potentially asking. One cannot cleanse the wounds of failure by Karn Silver Golem. Um but everyone you know, everyone knows uh reparations. Everyone knows actually I don't know how many people know curfew. That's one of my favorites too. Curfew, no. But I'm not tired. Oh, that is a good one, yeah. It's the only flavor text on it. <laughs> um uh this has been a flavor text update.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also no, brought to you a... by
2: epicstorm.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Giveaway epicstorm.
2: Um I uh but I would say all in all that I, what I learned the most that I'm just I don't I don't think I like grand prix. Um, did we talk about this already or is that we, before? No, we we have
0: we it was it was before we started recording. Yeah, you're saying I, I saw your tweet. You were saying you don't like playing the same deck 15 times in a row.
2: I can't imagine myself with a deck that I think I would be willing to play for that long. And therefore, I'm signing up to get kicked out of a very expensive tournament for yeah, you're, no value. So that I could play a new point. deck. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think I would rather just play. The PTQs are the perfect length. They're six rounds. You know, they're, they're competitive, they have real prizes. It's great.
0: Yeah. I've learned and, to, to uh, when I go to Grand Prix that aren't legacy, to be able to play like legacy, like seven or eight times during that weekend. And that feels great to me.
2: When I went to Niagara, I didn't play the main event. I played just one PTQ and, uh, that was a lot of fun. Now that was, that was sort of a, there was sort of a family related, uh, reason for that. Um, but I would, and I would have definitely played more magic if I'd gone to Niagara Falls earlier, but I was at my parents' house longer than I expected. Um, but I, I, I thought I would have done it here too, except that I was going to play hyper extended on Friday and I just wanted to play the extra legacy tournament. Yeah. But I basically signed. I was basically like, I don't really want to do this for 15 rounds. I don't really have anything I want to play in a 15-round tournament. But I'm signed up for it. And I'll play this. And then I just got kind of blown out. And I was like, I'm not having fun um, really at all. And I think if I had just like said, to like, I want to play some fun decks in the PTQs. And maybe I'll get lucky. Maybe one of them will be really good in a day. In, like a, in a encapsulated deck.
0: I got super bummed out after this tournament because I missed it because I scheduled something, you know, uh, in advance and didn't realize that the day was the same day as the tournament. Um, this, the next big event, being Eternal Weekend, is on Halloween weekend, man. What's that all about?
2: Well, I mean, I don't know. That's another I try one not like, to, uh... if,
0: if like, you have kids, like that's kind of tough, right?
2: It is tough. It really just means I can't play Vintage. Not that I was going to because I don't have power yeah. unless they make the C power legal. But, like, yeah, so Thursday, the 31st is Halloween, I'll fly up on Friday and I'll play the tournament on Saturday. I, I, The one thing I will say about Eternal Weekend that's different than a Grand Prix is that I actually value being the Legacy Champion a lot more than I value being a Grand Prix winner. Yeah. You yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, For sure. I, I would actually be – like, I'm not the most competitive person, but I would definitely be stoked to be the Legacy Champion – the well, legacy world champion, yeah. even though it's a smaller tournament and everything. Here's the
0: thing is I'm not super 100% on what deck I would be playing at, at Eternal Weekend. I, I, I'd, I'd figure out something. But the thing yeah. that stinks for me is that actually I want to be there on Sunday to play in the old school event. Yeah. And that, like, it like I would have to take a plane from here to Pittsburgh uh, early in the morning so that I could go play old school Probably scrub out and then fly back home that's crazy
2: yeah i'm gonna i' gonna look I gotta look at their schedule and see what they're doing on both days. Uh, last year, my turtle weekend was terrible too I, and I, and i I think what I learned about myself today is that also a turtle weekend's not going to be fifteen rounds. it might be like Ten before the Swiss, yeah. See, so you, but you'd still win, but you'd only have two rounds to play, like the one round before the top eight, assuming you made it that far on Sunday, you know. Yeah. So I don't think that's as bad as having to then play like having to play nine rounds, then play six rounds. You know, that's a lot of magic, yeah. with the same deck. Um, I think I can handle ten rounds because I think the like I said, I think being the Legacy champion is cooler. I mean, cooler for me. I think that you know someone younger like Cyrus. Is gonna get a lot of value out of being on the pro tour at age 23. I'm not gonna get a lot of value out of being on the pro tour at age 37.
0: You know? Man, that's so it's so cool to be able to get to the pro tour at, at any age. Honestly, like I, I envy him so much. It's it's well, we a cool Jerry, thing. Jerry Jerry
2: got to the pro tour. You know? Yeah. And Jerry got to go to you know, he got the pro tour Barcelona. He got the the like best possible scenario yeah. for like oh. I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to. <laughs> Um, and I mean, that would, be, that would be cool. I'm not saying I wouldn't like it. I just don't think I don't think that even that payoff is enough for me to, like, do the 15 to 18 round thing, you know, yeah. but to be but 10, 10 to 10 to 13 rounds to be the legacy champion and always have that as like this was the year as a legacy world champion. That would be so cool. You know, yeah. that would be fun. And the, And it's always covered. A Star City. Now, the thing that's different about a Star City to a Grand Prix to me is that it's covered. And you, yeah, you know if you play exactly. the Star City and you play a weirdo deck and you're in the third and you're three and zero, you're getting on camera. Phil yeah, was five and zero, he got on camera. Yeah, that was super gonna, fun. Someone's gonna find out. You know, that's the best part. Um, Not even that someone's gonna find out, but pl- you're playing for something besides just winning at that point. Yeah, you're playing to maybe get like a feature match and get on camera and be able to watch your match and have commentators talk about your match and. And see what, you know, I I think that's really cool. I I used to love playing on stream at Paragon and going back and watching the matches because it was always like, you know, you got to, it it made you such a better player, you know, and just not having the coverage just hurts so much for that, like, sort of, like, mini goal you could have at a Grand Prix of just, like, getting on camera. Because, like, you may say, like, well, I'm set, it's like, uh, you know, I'm seven and one and I go seven and two. It's going to be hard for me to win out and make top eight or something, you know? But at least, at least in the seven and two round, I got to be on camera, you know? Yeah, of course. At least when I lost, it was on camera, and I got to be on camera, and that was fun, so.
0: Um, I guess we should, should wrap it up. I've got to get, get some stuff done tonight, but, um, we have a, a I, I don't know if we mentioned, uh, our new, uh, our new patron, uh, Jay Dixon, thank you so much.
2: Uh, oh, if, I think we did, it. thank you again, Jay. Yeah. And I'm sorry to the people I didn't get to meet. There were a few people I, uh, was trying to meet up with that I didn't get to see, but, um. So I'm issuing a blanket apology because um, there's just a lot going. There's just a lot of moving parts.
0: Yeah, and we've heard uh, a lot of your critiques uh, and stuff like that. So I, I I went out and I got a new uh, a new computer so that I can do uh, the sound editing a little bit better. So you know some of some of your uh, pledges have gone to that. So thank you very much. You're helping make the cast better. Anybody else out there that's thinking about it and uh, wants to know if they can make a difference in. Uh, in a, in a podcast this is a great one to make a difference on because we do use that money to uh, put towards uh, upgrading the podcast
2: and we do ask our patrons for deck advice we do just ask <laughs> just ask Corey and Matt who I uh, messaged about I forget what card it was um, but uh, I like wrote them in immediately again Can we do this it's this gonna be a thing <laughs> but yeah um, yeah but thank you everybody it was it was it was. Despite the fact that like Saturday could not have felt worse for me, like it turned out to be like a, it was such a fun weekend. Uh, thank you again to Sean and, and Team Tusk for inviting me to the Hypersent tournament, and uh, I really did you know have a great time there and had a great time playing the PTQ for fun on Sunday. That was that was really great. So we'll be back next time with Phil to talk about his tournament and maybe some other stuff that we didn't get to today. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody
1: for listening and uh, have a good week. Have a good week, everyone.